Today on The Journey with Steve DeWitt, a message from the Gospel of Luke. The angel appeared to shepherds. And friend, what that means is that this message is for everybody. Because if even shepherds get to hear about why Jesus came, then this is a word for all of us. And that includes you tonight, by the way. Welcome to The Journey with Steve DeWitt, Senior Pastor at Bethel Church in Northwest Indiana. Ever wondered how a simple cradle, a rugged cross, and the wonder of Christmas intertwine to tell a story that transcends time and all of eternity? Well, today, Pastor Steve goes beyond the ornaments and lights and invites us to discover the profound and timeless significance of Christmas. You can listen and find relevant resources online at thejourney.fm. But now here's Pastor Steve with a message titled, The Cradle, the Cross, and Christmas. Is it possible to miss something of such massive importance as God, the God of the universe, becoming a baby? Like, who could miss that? Who couldn't get really excited about the prospect that God actually became one of us and that he lived on this earth just like we do today and that he ate and he drank and he slept and he lived a life that even 2,000 years later we can't get over the way that he lived. And who wouldn't get excited about why he came? Who wouldn't be excited about Christmas and what this represents and what we celebrate tonight? How could we miss it? In terms of what is the most important news story what we're celebrating tonight is the big news story. This is the big one. And yet, people miss it. And we're not here tonight, are we, to miss it. We're here to celebrate it tonight. And I want to make sure that nobody misses what this is all about tonight. The problem is, is that not everybody is really excited about what this means. Which is hard to believe, I think. But there are Many people that are not really excited about Christmas. I think of one man in our church who, and I haven't heard how this all played out exactly, but is uh, facing the possibility of being fired from his corporate job, his crime, wishing somebody Merry Christmas in the office. Can you imagine that? Okay. How have we come to the place where that's not like good news, where that's not a positive thing. Are we maybe missing something? I think so. So let's make sure we don't miss it tonight. And towards that end, I would like to allow the words of the angels that first night to speak to us again tonight. Let's imagine that we've never heard this before, okay? Here's the setting. You know the setting. Luke chapter 2 tells us that in the fields outside of Bethlehem, there were these shepherds. Now, Bethlehem, by the way, was not very big. It's still not particularly big, but back then it was not big at all. But it was famous. Bethlehem was famous. What king was from Bethlehem? David, that's right. King David was from Bethlehem. Rachel, Jacob's wife, was buried in Bethlehem. So a little town... Big reputation. It's much like I'm from Iowa, 
And there's a town near where I grew up, Parkersburg, Iowa. It's a little wide spot in the road. They, they have four NFL football players playing from Parkersburg, Iowa, okay? Small town, big reputation in Iowa, that is. Bethlehem, little town, big reputation. And in the fields outside of Bethlehem, there were these shepherds. And uh, they were there with their sheep. And there they are, and it's a nighttime, and we can kind of envision this, the same fields that King David probably was uh, watching his uh, sheep in. There they are. Uh, there's a fire going. It's crackling. They're telling stories around uh, shepherd stories, whatever those would be, around the fireplace there, fire pit, not place, pit. And suddenly, the sky is lit with the brilliance of the glory of an angel. Now, I, I don't know what that looks like, but I guarantee if an angel suddenly appeared right here, we all would do the same thing as the shepherds, and that is that, as the King James says, they were sore afraid. You know what that means? They were terrified, okay? Really, really scared at the sight of this angel. And this is what the angel said to them. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, this doesn't strike us as strange because we've heard the story uh, many times, most of us. But this is very strange. And the reason is, is that shepherds in that day were the, they were the low life of society. Okay? They were the bottom rung. We sort of look at that image of them, you know, crackling fire and the sheep around them. Some of you probably have paintings of sheep and shepherds, and it sounds very romantic. No, not at all. To be a shepherd was to walk through the town and have people turn their noses down at you. Oh, oh, there goes a shepherd. Okay? For many reasons, one of them was that their, their work kept them from religious uh, ceremony. They didn't go to the temple. They didn't offer sacrifices. They were kind of like farmers. You know, farmers, they don't get vacations. Because why? Because the cows still have to be, they still have to be milked and the things need to be taken care of. Same thing with shepherds. So you never saw them at the temple. So you always sort of wondered, okay, what are those shepherd people really all about? So people look their noses down on the shepherds. So these are the, here's the point. These are the last people that you would expect for this announcement to be made to. And there's a point to it that we've got to get tonight. If the angel would have shown up at Herod's palace and said, King Herod and all of you princes and all of you princesses and all of the royal uh, regalia there, we've got a special announcement to tell you. Today in the city of David, there's been a Savior born. Then all of us would have said, oh, this is a message for the special people in society. This is a message for the important people. Or if he would have shown up in the marketplace and would have said, okay, all of you businessmen and all of you that are t uh, carrying on your, uh, your, your, your business here, we have an announcement to make to you. Today in the city of David, there's been born a Savior. Then we would have looked at it and said, oh, this is a message for the rich people. This is the message for, the, uh, for successful people. But he didn't go to the palace and he didn't go to the rich people. The angel appeared to shepherds. And friend, what that means is that this message 
is for everybody. Because if even shepherds get to hear about why Jesus came, then this is a word for all of us. And that includes you tonight, by the way. Here you are tonight. You're, many of you are here with your family or whatever. You're here. And, and we're glad you are. And you may say, well, okay, this is the Christmas Eve thing, and then we're going to get on to the, next, the rest of the family activities. We can't wait to get on to doing the presents, can we, kids? And we can't wait to get on to doing the food, and we can't get, wait to get on to do these other things. But you know what? There's a word that, that we all need to hear tonight, and it's this word, that this is a message for me. God wants you and me to get it. He doesn't want us to miss what this is all about. So let's just key in on what is this really all about. And there's one little phrase that the angel says that says it all. And I have it here before you. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Let's just walk through that. What does that mean? And we find here, and you can see it, can't you? There are three titles for this baby. Savior, Christ, Lord. Let's just talk about those. He's our Savior. He is our Savior. The implication to that is that we're in need of saving. Now maybe you're here tonight and you thought, well, I don't really know that I'm in need of saving. It's nice to have a Savior. It's nice to have him in case you need him. But I don't exactly realize why I need a Savior tonight. Well, you might recall during Katrina, and I'm sure all of us were captivated by the video of the National Guard. Do you remember this? Are you with me tonight? Remember the video of the National Guard and their helicopters? And they came, right? And do you remember the video they had from the helicopters looking down? And there were all these people, and they were on what? They're on rooftops. And what are they doing? Here, come here. I'm in need of help. The helicopters were their salvation. I don't remember any of those people saying, I'm good. Fine. No, they're all doing this number, aren't they? I need help. And we understand their need. Jesus' coming represents the fact that we are in need of saving. That we are the ones that morally are on the roof and spiritually are on the roof waving in need of a Savior. And of course, the reason that we're in need of saving is that we are sinners. The Bible describes the fact that we are sinners and the result of our sin is that we die. All of us here, we're all going to be dead in 100 years. We die. That's what we do. Pretty much 100%. And it's a result of our sin. So we have physical death. We also have spiritual death, which is the worst of all. That is, involves an eternal death. So Jesus is our Savior. In what way? Well, then, to understand this, it's the rest of the story. Let's go from the, from the manger. We go on. He lives for 30 years. He begins a public ministry. Three years. He goes around the countryside, and he's healing people. And people are coming to him in droves. I mean, if Jesus was speaking here, it'd be you know, standing, everyone's standing around all over the place, wanting to get close to him, wanting to touch him. They wanted to be healed. And he spoke like nobody else had ever spoken with a power and an authority. And people hung on his words. And he did good works and he loved people and he told them the way to God. And as a result of that, he was murdered on a Roman cross. 
And the Bible says that that death was not a death for his sins, but it was a death for our sins. So that now there is a way for us in, in our need to be saved, to be reconciled to God, to have our sins forgiven. And isn't that really what we're celebrating here? I mean, Jesus could have, he could have come, he could have been incarnated, he could have had the shepherds and the angel and all those things happen, but if he would never have died on the cross, we wouldn't be here tonight because we would still be without hope and there wouldn't be anything worth remembering or celebrating very much. But the Bible says that he did die on the cross. And as a result of that, there is a way for sinners to be saved. And it is through Christ. In that way, he is our Savior. Do you get it? Can you rejoice in that? It goes on to say that he is, secondly, Christ. This, is, this word means anointed one or Messiah. Okay, Messiah. And if you, if you read through the Bible, in the Old Testament, there are all of these prophecies about somebody that was going to come who would save God's people, the Messiah, and there was all of this messianic expectation, so much so that history tells us this. When a baby was born, all the friends and family would all gather together there at the, at the house. They didn't go to hospitals. They didn't have hospitals. They would, I think, guess, get, gather at the house. And they're all standing around outside. And they also didn't have ultrasound. You know, now they get the ultrasound done, and so it's a boy, it's a girl. We can paint the room blue. We can paint the room pink. We know in advance this is what you're supposed to bring to the the shower, and, and all. They didn't have that, okay? These were the olden days. So they didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl, so they would stand outside of the door and they would wait for the announcement of the baby being born. And is it a boy or is it a girl? And so if, if the father came out and, and said, we have a little girl, you know what the crowd would do? Oh. Come on, everyone, let's go. Sorry, girls. That's what it was like. But if the dad came out and said, it's a boy, you know what they'd do? They would break off in joy and gladness and dancing. Why? Because maybe this child is the Messiah. So they were all the time thinking about the Messiah. It had been hundreds of years since the last prophecy about the Messiah coming. They hadn't heard anything in all of that time. And now the angel says, there's a baby born in, in, in Bethlehem. He's in a manger. He's in swaddling clothes. And you know what? He is the Messiah. And these shepherds, I mean, they were lowlifes. But you know what? They knew. They knew what that meant. Because everybody in Israel knew what that meant. And boy, they were fired up about that. And they took off. So he is Savior. He is Messiah. And then finally, you can see it for yourself. He is Lord. The title of majesty, the title of authority, the title of power, his glory. He is Lord. And tonight, friends, here is the question. You can say that's, that's really wonderful that Jesus is Savior. It's really great that 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 Jesus is Messiah. Isn't it wonderful that Jesus is Lord? But that really is not the issue tonight. Here's the issue. Is Jesus my Savior? Is Jesus my Messiah? To go back to uh, Katrina a moment, knowledge about an event is about as helpful as knowledge of a basket being dropped from a helicopter to save you. I mean, imagine being on the rooftop. There you are. Oh, look at that. There's a, there's a basket coming down. Isn't that great? Let's sing songs about the basket coming down, you know? 
away in a basket, la, 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 whatever. I've got a better idea. Let's celebrate the basket coming down by exchanging gifts right now. What do you say? Sure, here, you can have this. Great, you can have that. Wonderful. You can do all of those things, but I never saw one Katrina victim saved unless they personally got in the basket. You can know about it. You can celebrate it. You could be here tonight. It doesn't do you any personal good until it becomes a personal thing. And in fact, it is personal. Today, there has been born to you. This is a personal expression and offer of salvation from God to sinners who are in need of being saved. And I'd just rather think that on this Christmas Eve night, 2005, that this would be a great night for some people to settle this matter. You've known about it. You know the songs. You've celebrated the event. But you've never gotten into the basket yourself. And that, by the way, is an act of faith. It is a belief and a trust in this baby who went on to die on a cross that he is your Savior, that he is your Lord. You know, my dad's here tonight. And uh, I remember many years ago when I came to the place in my life that I wanted to get in the basket, if I can say it that way, where I wanted to personalize this. And I prayed a prayer, and I'd like to just, as best I can remember, I'd like to restate it to you as what an expression of faith sounds like. And if this sounds like something in your life that maybe the Lord might be sort of working in your heart to do tonight, well, then maybe you can let this resonate in your heart. I prayed something like this. I said, Dear God, I am a sinner. Remember, Dad, on the couch? I am a sinner, and I need to be saved. And Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. And I ask you to come into my life and to be my Savior and my Lord. And that day, I got in the basket. And tonight, you can get in the basket. That's the offer that God gives. That's his love to you. And I pray that tonight maybe the Lord would work in your heart so that you can join so many of us who have settled that matter spiritually in our life. What a great night to do it, Christmas Eve. I mean, Christmas Eve. No better night than this one to do it, and I urge you to. God would be glorified in that. So toward that end, could I pray, Father, on this night that reminds us of what your word tells us about the night so many years ago. We remind our hearts and we remind our souls and our minds of the big news, the biggest news, that Jesus Christ came. And we thank you that he came as an expression of your love for us. We thank you that he came on a mission to save us from our sins. We thank you that through this, Lord, that you gain glory for yourself. And we gain good. <laughs> we gain salvation. Thank you for it. And tonight, as a church body, we just gather to say we thank you for the incarnation of Christ. We join with the shepherds, rejoicing and praising God for what you have done. 
And I pray tonight, Lord, for those that are spiritually seeking, looking, searching for forgiveness, reconciliation with you, looking to be rescued. Father, I pray that you would speak to their hearts and their minds tonight through this very old message that Jesus is Savior and Lord. So we thank you tonight. And we pray that uh, our Christmas worship and experience would be just wonderful. And I pray for the families and everyone here. Lord, thank you for all that have come. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to The Journey with Steve DeWitt. And Pastor Steve will be back in just a moment with some closing thoughts as we prepare for the new year. But right now, I want to remind you that you can always go back and listen to any messages you might have missed by going to thejourney.fm. Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank our ministry partners. Your financial support allows The Journey to air on stations throughout the central U.S. and the Midwest. And we're also able to reach listeners across the globe through the Moody Radio Network and all major podcast platforms. So as we stand on the precipice of a new year, would you help set us on firm financial ground by giving a special year-end gift? Your donation of any amount will help bring the gospel to listeners around the world. You can give online at thejourney.fm or call 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. When you do, we'll say thanks by sending you Max Lucado's In the Manger. Christmas is a seasonal celebration of the moment that God came near. He came not as a flash of light or as an unapproachable conqueror, but as the one who first cries were heard by a peasant girl and a sleepy carpenter. Join Mary and Joseph inside a stable, beside a shepherd, and at the feet of the king in the manger as you celebrate the greatest gift of the season and beyond. Request your copy of In the Manger by calling 844-7-JOURNEY. That's 844-756-8763. Or visit thejourney.fm. And while you're online, be sure to sign up to receive updates from The Journey. Just scroll to the box at the bottom of the page and then enter your name and email. And join us for worship this New Year's Eve at Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana, where Pastor Steve is the pastor. You'll find directions and more at BethelWeb.org. Now here's Pastor Steve to close us out. Yes, hello everyone. Happy New Year. And as we stand on the cusp of this brand new year, it's always exciting to anticipate what uh, God might have for us in the coming year. But let's just pause a moment and reflect on that extraordinary announcement made to the shepherds on that very quiet night in Bethlehem. The angel of the Lord appeared, dispelling fear and delivered a message of truly unparalleled joy. This long-awaited Messiah had now arrived. And in the simplicity of the shepherds, we find a model of immediate response and unwavering faith. They left their fields and ran to witness the fulfillment of God's promise. In a humble manger, they discovered the Savior, wrapped in swaddling clothes, a profound symbol of God's love and grace. And as we now enter this new year, let's carry the shepherd's anticipation into our lives. The Messiah's arrival signifies hope and joy and redemption. And let us not be afraid, but rejoice in the promise of salvation. In seeking the presence of the Savior, may this year be one of spiritual renewal, growth, and a deep connection with the one who came to bring light 
to our darkness. So this new year is an invitation to embrace the angel's message, to not only commemorate a historical event, but to experience the continuous hope found in Jesus. And as we celebrate, let's remember that his arrival is an ongoing source of joy and renewal. So may gratitude fill our hearts for the gift of Jesus, propelling us confidently into the future. In sharing the good news and living in anticipation of his return, may the love of the Savior shape our journey throughout the coming year. Thanks, Steve. I'm Tim Svoboda, wishing you a happy new year. Be sure to join us next time for more teaching from Pastor Steve DeWitt here on The Journey. Today's program was produced and furnished by Bethel Church in Crown Point, Indiana.